listeners, uh, welcome to our uh, podcast, Solidarity Speaks. Uh, Mike Smith joining you here, United Steelworkers Local 2511 and the AFL-CIO Community Services Liaison to the United Way of Monroe and Lenaway Counties. And I am joined by our team. Uh, Candace, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm Candace Daisy. I am from UAW Local 723, um, where I'm a trustee, and I've been there for going on just over 10 years. Awesome. Thanks, Candace. Uh, Daryl. Daryl Yarger with IFF Local 326 here in the city of Monroe. From there, I'm a dele delegate to the AFL-CIO Labor Council, where I work as a trustee. I'm also the current vice president of the United Way of Monroe and Lenaway Counties. Awesome. Thanks, Daryl. Chris. Hey, it's Chris Sharp. I'm with uh, UAW Local 723 here in Monroe. Um, I'm also on the board of directors for United Way and first vice president of the AFL CIO Central Labor Council for Monroe and Lenaway. Awesome. So uh, today uh, we've got Connie Carroll, Executive Director of the United Way of Monroe and Lenaway Counties. Connie, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name's Connie Carroll. I uh, live in Monroe, uh, love the water, love the beach. Uh, been with United Way for almost, I think we figured, uh, 24, 25 years now. Uh, love the work we do at United Way truly believe in the assistance we provide to the community and to the agencies and the organizations uh, we serve. I'm a mother, a grandmother, and uh, God bless a great grandmother. So I, I've um, um, over the years experienced some of the issues that some of the um, recipients of the services we help provide receive. So it gives me a knowledge, I think, a little bit of insight to the help and the support that this community needs and can use from the United Way. Awesome, and uh, obviously, uh, um, while you weren't specific, you raised three boys as a single mother, correct? Correct, correct. I divorced very early, the boys were very young. Um, I have to always, always give credit to my parents they were a tremendous financial and emotional support during that time. Unfortunately, a lot of single mothers don't always have that, uh, that option. Uh, but I was blessed to, to have and still have uh, great family uh, support. Awesome. So, uh, Connie, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, two, United Way 211 and uh, ALICE, um, which stands for Asset Limited income constrained employed, uh, which is uh, a piece that the United Way uses. So uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit about 211 and uh, what's your experience or um, perspective, historical knowledge on the transition from first call for help to 211? Sure. Mike, when I first came to United Way, let's, let's start at the, a little bit at the beginning. When I first came to United Way, uh, we had a designated employee who ran a program called First Call for Help. And basically what that was, was a phone number and uh, talking about remembering house phone numbers and old phone numbers, it was simply a 242-HELP. And you call 242-HELP, 
Uh, it was manned in the United Way office during the normal business hours. After hours, it was shifted to the Salvation Army for 24 hours service and support. You would call, first call for help when you needed assistance paying utility bills, uh, uh, eviction, rent, mortgage, just any kind of help or support that you could imagine. Uh, people would call to, to uh, first call for help, excuse me. And the, the uh, to, uh, first call for help director would do their best to offer assistance and support in helping you find help for your issue. Obviously, that was expensive. Uh, you know, I, you have to pay an individual living wage, you have benefits, you have office space, you have phone costs, just a variety of things that came with that first call for help. In the, I'm gonna say about 2005, this brilliant idea came out, and I think it started in Georgia, in Atlanta, called 211. We're all familiar with 911, emergency services. It was well ingrained into our brains that if you have an emergency by that time, you simply pick up the phone called 911. 211, was designed to be and still is the support for individuals needing to locate health and human services in their community. So uh, unfortunately, when our first call for help director left, um, it was just a no brainer that rather than hire a new employee and incur those continuing costs, that it would be more cost effective to partner with other United Ways into a central location for a 211 service. At that time, we uh, took Monroe County and with Washington County, Livingston County, went to uh, United Way for Southeast Michigan. They had all the facilities, the finances to hire the staff to man a 211 call center. So that's kind of when it all began. Uh, time moved on. Uh, Monroe County is still with uh, United Way for Southeast Michigan 211 call services. In Lenawee County, we use Central Michigan 211 call services. Um, since, uh, Southeast Michigan has Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, Lapeer, Monroe, and Washtenaw in their coffers. We pay for the service. We're each provided a, a, a certain amount that we have to pay each year to support this service, to maintain it and keep it going for the community in Monroe County. When we merged with Lenaway County, they had already been with Central Michigan 211 and we stayed with Central Michigan 211. They cover nine counties and they offer a variety of services that aren't always available to us through Southeast Michigan. One of the other great things about 211, as time has moved forward, it's no longer just a simple phone number to remember. You can text them with your, with your area code. Um, I have text numbers. If, if anybody's interested, they can always call the office or you can simply go online, 211.org. Type in your zip code, they'll send you to the right 211 service for your area. 
You can email them. You can do a live chat. All of this can be done through your computer with all the 211 services. And the really uh, unique thing about 211, Mike, especially in the state of Michigan, it covers all of the state of Michigan. Uh, the Flint water crisis is always the example or the best example of how this works. If you were in Flint and you were suffering during that time and you obviously were ingrained to call 211, they were so busy they could not handle all the calls. Because Michigan 211 services are connected and linked, you could simply call 211. You didn't know who you were talking to. You were talking to an operator on the other end of the phone. Could have been in the UP, could have been in Grand Rapids, but you're in Flint, you need services. They have all this information. It's all connected obviously with today's te technology. It's all linked through the computers that they were able to put the entire state of Michigan 211 services available for the people of Flint when they needed it the most. And that's the really neat thing about 211. And 211's available across the country as you travel. If you have issues or if you need anything, you can simply call 211 and it'll link you to the area you're in and you will get an operator who can help you with whatever your needs or issues are. Um, obviously, there is a cost to all of this and this is all supported through your local United Ways. So yeah, and this yeah. really... This really helps us to, to respond to emergencies, um, like you were talking about, Flint uh, water crisis, uh, build capacity, because it doesn't it. It also shares information with uh, with other nonprofits, events, things like that. We use it for uh, communication purposes internally. Correct. We do, especially in Lenawee County, more so in Lenawee County than in Monroe County, and that's part of the reason that we are. Um, planning to move Monroe County to Central Michigan 211 services. United Way for Southeast has been a great partner with this, but they are so large. And we're such a small part of, you know, they service the big three, Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb. And we just feel that, that our area is a better fit with Central Michigan. So in the near future, uh, we're going to switch Monroe County services to Central Michigan along with Lenaway. Uh, and you'll never notice the difference. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, you pick up your phone, you call 211, you're going to get somebody on the other end that's available and ready to help you. So that's that's the way to go with that. Just simple number to remember, 211. Talk to and, them. It, and these are all folks that have been specifically trained uh, for information and referral. That, that's their sole focus, correct? exactly where it was going to go, Mike. And not just that, if you call in and you need food, they're going to realize there may be other things you need. So they're going to ask some questions, you know, are your utility bills paid? Uh, are there children in the home? Uh, you know, are you getting the other services that you need that are, these are red flags. Somebody can't pay their utility bill. What about your water bill? What about your, your, uh, your phone bill, what about what about your kids? Are they being fed? Do you have these these things available to you? So it's it's a great opportunity because these operators are extremely well trained and uh, do a great job of assisting the community. 
Awesome. Sounds like a great program. Uh, Daryl, Chris, uh, Candace, you, you got anything uh, pressing that uh, you think we should cover or do we want to transition to, to Alice? I guess the big thing, you know, coming from my side, I never really knew what 2-1-1 was until I got heavily involved with the United Way. And I think a big question that always kind of came up initially in the beginning for me is you talk about utilities, you talk about bills, but what else with the scope of practice with 201 does it cover? Like what other services are there for people that need to use it or could use it? There, there are um, people who, for example, they, they know where the, the food distribution is. They, they know where those issues are. Uh, they usually know the days schools are closed. You know, they, they keep a close eye on all those things. It's not just uh, people in crisis. They can refer you to uh, a proper location for medical services. They might even be able to tell you to call Mike Smith at United Way if you need a ramp. Uh, you know, they, they have information. in the most important thing with 211, besides the callers and the general public to call, are the agencies, our partner agencies and all the nonprofits need to regularly go into the website and make sure their information is updated because the operators can only operate with the information they have. And if they have outdated phone numbers, if they don't have up-to-date information on the services you're providing, then it's hard for them to make appropriate referrals. Did I answer your question, Daryl? Yep, sound, sounds good. You know, and Daryl, uh, being a firefighter, you of all people will appreciate the fact that 211 um, is to help alleviate some of these calls to 911. Right. Yeah. It, it's to segment, uh, separate the system so that people know where to call for what issues. Now, what kind of education does the United Way put out to help inform the public about 211? We do flyers. We have it on all our brochures. It's on our web page. Uh, the news articles and press releases we do on a regular basis always mention 211. Uh, we do our best to get it out to the public. Um, I wish, and this may come to, it may happen in the near future. How's that? Uh, that, that we would do more TV promotion of 211. Seems like um, more TV and, and more um, uh, computer ads and, and promotions of 211 because I think that's where the younger generation is. I'd like to see it more on the cell phones. You pull up a website or, or you go looking for help and there's a little icon there that tells you to call 211. All right. Uh, awesome. I, I think, uh, uh, go ahead, Candace. Um, I have two questions for you. One is to kind of piggyback Daryl's question and the other one is a different question. Um, for, cause I'm a mom and I know sometimes diapers are expensive formula. Ooh, my kid drinks some expensive formula. So is there anything like those types of, is there what I just with? like any, like for like, I guess like 
things for babies or like young children? I think, Candace, it depends on it, it depends on the area you live in. A lot of times we'll get calls or 211 get calls and nobody in our community, none of our agencies provide those services. Obviously, you know, Monroe and Lenaway County are a little more rural than some other communities and are limited in the funds we raise and, and the services we can provide. Um, but there are some places, I think, in Monroe County that do help with that. There's some homes from web mothers. There's, uh, 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 you know, some, some other organizations that might be able to help you with those services, but 211 would know. But in large cities, obviously, there's a lot more services that can be provided through 211. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I think the, the great piece about it is uh, 211 is not solely focused on the United Way and only their partner agencies. Uh, for example, uh, the health department, which could uh, provide assistance for um, young families, uh, whether it's immunizations or uh, um, stuff for, for children. Um, it's, the WIC program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, they, we support uh, or they respond to all of those things with, uh, with great information so that people can make a good choice. Uh, it, that, those are the important things is just not United way. It's how can we help our communities get to the services that they need at their moment, at that moment in time and whatever, whether it's a crisis or not. Um, if they're being evicted and it's in the middle of the night and law enforcement shows up on site, they can simply hand somebody a two one one card and say, this is the best place for you uh, to make contact, whether uh, you know, it's a, a overnight shelter or uh, connecting with the Salvation Army for the family manor any of those uh, campus hope, those types of things. So that, that's a great thing about it is they work with everybody. Good. And my other question is, is there like a limit or like a time frame that you can only call? Like say you can only call like once every three months or can you call as often as you need? You can call as often as you like. And it's um, 365 days a year, 24-7. Thanks, Connie. So you could you could call anytime. And again, you could go online anytime. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, I think Connie, it's uh seems like a good time to um to start talking about Alice and uh what Alice looks like in our uh, in our two communities and, and how it helps the United Way to uh, advocate for working families. Well, I know, Mike, you mentioned that ALICE stands for Access Limited Income Constraint Employed. Um, before I came to United Way briefly, I worked at what is now called Michigan Works for a long time. I met ALICE uh, every day. Every day I was there. People who are working jobs who just can't make ends meet. They work every day and they make just enough money that they don't qualify for much in the way of state aid or assistance. Um, it's really tough on these families. They do their best, but it's hard to survive. And I do, Mike and I talked a little bit, I do a PowerPoint that kind of demonstrates this. So I, I'd like to try to explain that to you. Do you realize in the state of Michigan, although you see job ads for $15 an hour, $11 an hour, our minimum wage is still at $9.65. That's 
The last time minimum wage in the state of Michigan had an increase was in 2008. It was scheduled to go up this past year, but unfortunately due to the pandemic, probably because everyone was getting stimulus packages, that did not happen. So that's a big issue for families. And I think it's important to note that of that $9, and Candace, you of all people are right in the middle of this, of that $9.65 an hour, that for one child, you're gonna pay at least $5 an hour, over half of what you're making will go to childcare. And what's more important than our children? So if you're spending half your paycheck and on nothing, <laughs> right, it's tough. It's very tough uh, because uh, chances are that the family you have that might do child care for you for free have to work to, to take care of themselves. So we have some great daycares, but it's very, very difficult. And Child Care Network, which is a partner agency with United Way, helps provide child care uh, scholarships to help pay for child care, but they can only do so many because of their limited income. So you're taking half your pay straight to child care. If you have more than one child, that could be a great deal more than half. Then you have to worry about rent payment. Chances are because you're in the Alice bracket, because you're struggling to get along, you pay rent because you can't afford to save for a down payment for a house, to purchase a house. So you have a rent payment. There goes another huge chunk of that check. We're going down, down, down. You start tearing off these little pieces and paying them out. And that pay, that $9.65 an hour gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Then you have utility bills. We just talked about utility bills. Talked about paying those. And of course, that takes yet another chunk. So where we're at, we've paid childcare, we've paid rent payments, and we've paid utility bills. Out of your $9.65, you have $1.30 left. Aren't you excited? I could, just, I could just see everybody jumping up and down. They have that much money left. What comes next? You have to have a car. This is Monroe County, Lenaway County. You can't just walk to work or hop a bus. Uh, you can hop a bus, but only between, what is it, six and six? You know, if you're on afternoons or night shift where you get that little extra premium, you have to have a way to work. So you have to buy gas, and we've all seen what's happened to gas in the last few months. So there's another chunk out of your check. So we've got child care, rent, utility bills, and transportation. What comes next? Oh, did somebody mention cell phones? Don't tell me, you know, you don't have to pay for a cell phone. Everybody has to have a cell phone. Not many people have a house phone anymore. You know, only the old timers like me keep a house phone. So there's yet another expense that our Alice family face. And then what's last? Would you just ask about candidates, formula, diapers? You know, how much do you spend on those? So now we're down to where we have, how much money do we have left? Uh, out of the 965, we have maybe, maybe a little over a dollar. So 
then we have that minor emergency. You have a flat tire. The baby gets sick. You need to buy medicine. Something happens. So where we're at right now, by the time we're done of this 965, you end up with 65 cents to go grocery shopping. So what does that mean? 65 cents times 40, you have $26 this week to go grocery shopping on. So when you, when you look at the expenses that people have and the rate of inflation, and I hear every day that the cost of food, everything is going up since, since the pandemic, so that we are just not quite making it for these individuals. It's really a struggle, a really struggle. It's even more so in, in homes of Hispanic uh, or, or, or black backgrounds that they're struggling every day. Um, I think I read that it takes uh, about uh, $64,000 a year for a family of four to be successful and to thrive. The 25,000 um, for, for it, it, to fall into the poverty guidelines, it's $24,000 for a family of four. So it's really a struggle. In Lenawee County alone, we have 38% of our households are in the Alice population. And that was prior to the onset of the pandemic. So it, these statistics are a little old, but through the pandemic, they've lost their job. They're hopefully receiving unemployment. At some point in time, there's going to be those big uh, rent and mortgage bills coming due. So it's a real struggle. And then in Monroe County, it's 34% of the households that have the, uh, the, the that live in the Alice population. So that it, it can be a real issue for all of us to help these folks and see what we can do to get them going again. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's just a tragedy. And, you know, as a single parent, Mike mentioned before, I know what it's like to live as Alice. And again, had it not been for my parents. Um, and anybody who knows me knows I have a story for everything. Candace will love this one with the baby. Just wait. Wait till the day they all go out to play after a big rain and they come back in barefooted and you go, where are your shoes? Well, they've been playing in the field next door, sunk down to their knees. And when they pulled out, there are no shoes. So now all of a sudden out of this income I have that I, I have no money left here, I have to go find shoes for these three boys to go to school the next day. Um, those are the kind of emergencies you can look forward to, Candace, let me tell you. It's, uh, living on an Alice income is Thanks, a real struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's a real struggle for a lot of families. I think there are ways to fix this. And I think United Way could be a big part of that, that we could be an advocate. I, I'm not sure it's uh, a specific problem or issue that, that uh, money's going to solve. I think it's something that needs to be legislated, and I think people need to look at this. One hundred percent with you on that uh, policy piece, Connie. I, I know Alice has been built as uh, our tool, uh, an, at least another tool in our toolbox that we can speak with local, state, and national folks about 
uh, Alice in our communities, which I think resonate a little bit more um, than perhaps we've had that uh, statistical data or proof that uh, we could say, you know, uh, X, Y, Z policy that, that you made has now um, suppressed income uh, for families who were beginning to recover. Uh, that's, uh, that's an important piece for us. We're just not the organization that uh, goes out and asks for dollars anymore so that we can support our local agencies. Uh, we've become an organization that is trying to change uh, our local areas in the world uh, so that uh, families can be successful and without having the need to use agencies, right? That, that's the end, the end goal. You know, and like I, I drive down the road and I see a sign now hiring $11 an hour, now hiring $15 an hour, which are well above all the minimum wage. But at the same time, if you have two children, instead of paying $5 an hour for childcare, you're paying what, seven, eight, maybe $10 an hour for childcare. It, it's just... I appreciate that, that these companies are increasing the wage, but on the other hand, is it enough of an increase? And is, is that really the problem? Where is the problem here? Because for every time you get a pay raise, something goes up. I used to get a pay raise, I get a dollar pay raise and milk would go up 50 cents. You know, um, it just it is a struggle for, for single parents and, and even for a family of two parents. They both have to work constantly, which means then they're constantly concerned about the kids or childcare. And we've seen some of the horrors that have happened with children who've been left alone and childcare issues. Uh, so it's, it's a struggle. It's a real struggle for families. And uh, uh, we at United Way understand that and we hope to advocate for uh, more legislative action and issues in the future. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe uh, Chris uh, would uh, would like to chime in on, you know, we've all we've all chosen uh, careers that uh, that have taken us with uh, organized labor. Um, we have the ability to uh, collectively bargain uh, over our wages and benefits and working conditions. Uh, not, not everybody has that luxury. And uh, while um, corporations and businesses have been forced uh, due to the fact, uh, you know, people are, uh, you know, they're, they're choosing to, to rejoin uh, the, the population uh, of working folks a little bit slower because, um, let's face it, uh, you know, while uh, unemployment is uh, um, right now paying for a little bit more than what they would make typically uh, in their, their chosen field, and uh, I, I don't see that as a as a negative. It's, it's made people realize their worth and uh, they're demanding a little bit more um, of an income. So, you know, Chris, I know you're highly involved in the uh, um, discussions and negotiations. I didn't know if you had anything you'd like to talk to Connie about and how that's affecting our our folks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, fundamentally looking at it, you know, it's good to see, you know, drive down the road to your point, Connie, and see, you know, jobs hiring for 11 or 14 or 15, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I, minimum wage wasn't created 
for people to earn the least amount possible that a corporation is going to pay, but it was created so that a single wager in a household could raise a family and be able to live. And with minimum wage being what it is and not, you know, fundamentally increasing, um, it puts a real strain on families. You might be working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And on minimum wage, you just, you can't even maintain, let alone get ahead. So things like vacation time or going out of town or, you know, going out to dinner just aren't really feasible for a lot of families. And that's, that's how you end up with, you know, situations where, you know, domestic violence goes on the increase. Cause I know that has a lot of tie in with how much money you make. Money is always going to be a, a point of concern and contention for people. And when it's not there, it just exacerbates every other problem that you got. And, uh, you know, going through collective bargaining, I think it's really, it's helped me, you know, be able to open my eyes to how important it is, but also having a say so on how much you get to Mike's point, being able to value your work, it, it changes people's lives. And, you know, looking back last year when people were getting, you know, the $600 from the federal government uh, in tandem with their unemployment when, you know, the world effectively shut down, you know, that $600 was created, you know, based on a 40-hour work week. So it gives you $15 an hour. And that right there let the government know that, hey, these guys need to be making at least 15 um, to try and live. And I don't know, you know, legislatively, both in the state, the city, you know, the country, that's where organized labor can come in, where United Way can come in and try and help put pressure on those legislators to, to increase uh, or mandate these corporations from going to billion and trillion dollar enterprises to pay their fair share so that people don't have to struggle and, and go through those situations. Yeah, I, I 100%. I mean, it, the, Alice is a great tool for uh, the United Way uh, and the partnership to to talk to legislators on and, and how those policies um, like a statewide minimum wage and how it suppresses uh, everybody else's income. We're, we're, we're tied to it. Right. Uh, um, I know there was pros and cons uh, for, for what, how folks viewed, uh, you know, the, the movement for uh, $15 an hour, but uh, ultimately as, uh, as wages increase, it, it just doesn't affect those that are making minimum wage. It affects everybody up. Um, that's making more, right? Uh, and the the more money that middle class families have in their hands, the stronger our economy is going to be. Uh, because we're not, uh, you know, we're not we're not sticking that money in the savings account. We're spending it right uh, on on groceries, on uh, vehicles, on uh, travel. Um, you know, we uh, organized labor really kind of built. Uh, we call it going up north, right? Um, which meant we went up north to to camp or whatever else, but uh, you know, that was our thing, right? We'd go to the upper peninsula or um, upper lower peninsula and, you know, vacation. And there's been a lot of, not a lot of uh, vacationing going on uh, recently. And uh, it's important that our economies grow and it's important to invest in our people. And this is a great tool for that, I think. I think it's, go ahead, Johnny. I was just going to say, Chris, you mentioned something that, that really clicked with me and that's a trickle down effect. It, this really hurts the community, uh, people not making money to do anything with your restaurants. You know, you can't go out to eat. It, it, it's harmful to small businesses because there are things out there that you might do. You might purchase uh, entertainment for the family that you can't afford to do because you just aren't making the money. So it's a trickle down effect, like Mike said, for the entire community. Yeah, it's, it's really tough to sit back and watch these kind of things happen too, right? I mean, the, 
the income inequality, and we, we could make this call a lot of different ways in the conversation, but income inequality in this country has never been worse since the Great Depression. You know, and the poor people or the people that live in poverty, the Alice people don't have the ability to spend money and the, the ultra wealthy don't need to because they hoard it and everything they have, you know, whether it be vehicles or they get put on a TV ad or whatever it's given to them. And the more that that income inequality spreads, um, the bigger issue this is going to turn into, not just in these two counties, Mineral Lenaway or Michigan, but the country and the world, you know, in totality. Yeah, I think uh, over and over, Connie mentioned uh, trickle down, but uh, we all know um, whether you want to call it voodoo economics or uh, trickle down theory. Uh, I think everybody sitting in this uh, at this table understand it's it's really the uh, trickle up or matriculate up um, as uh, as economy grows for uh, middle class and those that are struggling. Um, you know, everybody is successful. They everybody grows, whether you're you're wealthy or not. Um, you know, we, we can, gosh, we, if this was a in-person thing where we could show charts of, uh, you know, how, uh, the growth model of, um, or the lack of growth model for, for income yet production, uh, has grown, um, exponentially, uh, typically when those things were tied together, um, in the fifties and sixties. And as we hit those mid seventies, as they started to separate, uh, you know, that that became a problem for middle-class families. And, uh, you know, that's, those are things when we were most successful, uh, all of us with, uh, with growth. So this is a, this is really a great tool that highlights how, um, if we suppress, um, wages and benefits for families, it affects our entire, our entire economy. And we shouldn't be legislating, um, poor economies. We should be investing in our people. Hey, Mike. We, we should be we should be waging war on poverty, not poor people themselves. That's right. Hey, Mike. Yeah, Daryl. Hey, since a lot of people that could potentially be listening to our podcast today don't really know where to go or where to find this data or this information that is provided to United Way, is there somewhere they can go and look and see it and see these graphs that we're talking about, see these statistics that Connie's speaking of? and maybe even look up some of this data in their own states and their local communities that maybe they can't talk to their legislators. Yeah, absolutely, Daryl. And I, I don't know if, Connie, if you want to answer that or if you want me to answer that, but, uh, you know, Michigan Association of United Ways um, is the place uh, to, uh, to find that information. Uh, if you go to their website, uh, there is a link for Alice, and they can at least – uh, engage in uh, the studies that were done here in Michigan. Um, not every state uh, association is is doing this work, uh, but Michigan is at the forefront of. Um, I think this is uh, is this the third or fourth revision, Connie, uh, that we've uh, um, received this Alice data. I think it's the third, Mike. We do uh, is it every two years, uh, and it's funded by your local United Way, Daryl. Uh, each, all the United Ways chip in and partner with the Michigan Association of United Ways to fund us. And a lot of it, it's based on your size and your income as a United Way. So it, it's definitely, like Mike said, it's a project that United Ways invested in. It's something we understand and we want to help advocate and move the needle forward so that we have fewer and fewer Alice families each time we do this report. 
Absolutely. So, uh, um, Candace, do you have any, do you have any thoughts, uh, as we kind of, uh, We've kind of rolled up, rolled through and touched on 211 and Alice and how to access it. Daryl, if you haven't had a chance uh, to visit uh, United Way of Monroe Lenaway County's uh, website, we've we've had some major changes to our website, uh, enhanced it so that we're providing more information to the community, putting it at their fingertips. Um, but uh, you know, before we close things out, any any parting thoughts, any any pressing questions for for Connie as it relates to 211 or Alice? I have a question for uh, about Alice. Um, yeah. How much of a change are you guys expecting on the next ask report after the pandemic? Do you expect it to be like a dramatic change? Well, there are two thoughts on that, Candace, and I I really think that it's going to uh, a higher percentage of families are going to find themselves in the Alice category because so many places have closed during the pandemic. I think that um, the prices that have increased will not decrease. Um, I I think it's going to become more of an issue instead of less of an issue. I think you're going to see a higher percentage of families that fall into this category. Mike, do you have an opinion on that? Well, uh, I, I don't know that I would disagree with you based on um, the material that, that you covered. The only thing that I'll say is I, I think there, there have been some really good actions taken um, by our, our governor uh, and some of our elected folks uh, here statewide in that they're allowing access to um, enhanced educational opportunities for folks. And we know that uh, certainly education is, is the key to... Uh, um, continued success. So that's always great that folks can engage and get more training. Uh, I know here locally, um, we're working really hard with local school districts so that students as they're graduating have post-secondary educational opportunities, whether whether it's the ones that you think of um, for college or community college or university, but also access to apprenticeships. Um, there is a huge need for apprentices in our area. We've got a great deal of work coming up in Southeast Michigan, and we need folks that uh, have the requisite skills and abilities to do that work. And it's, it's not just a job. That's a career opportunity uh, with health care and benefits um, and a wage that uh, you feel appreciated so that uh, you can sustain a family on it. There, there are a lot of opportunities. So I would say coming out of uh, the pandemic, I think, again, people understand their worth and they are going to stand up for uh, for that worth. So I'm hoping that, uh, well, I think it could go either way um, if uh, if folks uh, keep that uh, fire in their bellies and are willing to work hard. Uh, I think we can be better for um, for our local community. So that just some just some thoughts that I had. I've been putting a lot of a lot of thought into that and what we're going to look like in a, in the next couple of years. And I hope at least in Monroe and Lenawee counties and uh, the state of Michigan, we're going to be looking a lot stronger and be healthier for it. So um, just some of my thoughts. I agree. I think, I think we're going to move forward and we're going to uh, do a much better job with advocacy and supporting the communities. And the great news is we've got a, uh, 
we've got a great relationship uh, working in the same direction, the partnership between uh, the AFL-CIO and the United Way here in the state of Michigan. And uh, hopefully we'll grow that uh, across the state and other folks will pay attention to uh, the good work that we're doing here. Candace, Daryl, Chris, any parting thoughts before we sign out? Nope. I'm good. I have one more thought. Um, I just like people to understand that like falling in the ass category doesn't put like a a stamp on who you are as a person. I fall in the Alice category. Um, and I do the best I can do for my son make sure he has the best life i work my butt off and i i'm not ashamed of it like i'm proud to be who i am and i'm very thankful for the opportunities that i've get, i've been given and for the help that i've been given through the programs that i've been involved with and the ones that have helped me out so there's nothing wrong if you do fall in the alice category and you're thinking it's a bad thing it's not you like your life you're a beautiful person that's all 100% agree with you, Candace. That was a powerful statement and something that we hope folks uh, understand better that, uh, you know, Alice folks are, are working their tails off and they want all they want is better, better life for their families. Right. And uh, yes. you're a prime exam example of that. Yep, I do my best. He's pretty awesome. So no argument here. Yeah. <laughs> Before we leave, thank you, Candace. So you just wait. Your dad's coming to find those lost shoes in the mud. Uh, and other horror Man, stories if, I will not share today. In the mud, he's going to school barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so, before we leave, let's remind people that they can always go to our website, unitedwaymlc.org, or they could call either office, uh, Monroe734. 242-1331 or Lenaway is 517-264-6821. Uh, always glad to talk to people and share information about United Way, but please visit our website, check us out. If you have any questions, I like to talk. We, we can't tell that, Connie, at all. Never noticed that. <laughs> all right, Mike, what is it? You have to tell them what you always say about no secrets at the United Way. Oh, yeah, there, there are no secrets at the United Way. We're not a very big office, but uh, typically you can hear Connie. Uh, I wouldn't call it hollering, but she does. She's not bashful about uh, speaking up. So, um, you know, it, we, we know everything. <laughs> no, no secrets at the United Way. Great staff. I work with a wonderful group of people. I couldn't ask for um, a better, a better, I call it the crew. Uh, better crew to work with. They're, they're just phenomenal. Uh, Mike and Laura and Lisa, and uh, of course, Vicki, who runs the Substance Abuse Coalition for us. So, great group of individuals to work with. Well, Connie, thank you for joining us and uh, spending some time uh, educating our community on Allison 211. And uh, we hope that uh, everybody here uh, has a great day and enjoys their families. <laughs>